This is Inside Purple and Gold. It's Christmas Eve, 6 o'clock Central Time. Vikings have won another game, another one-score game. They're 11-0. and That's a record in, in one-score game. They're 12-3, and um, still continuing to hold on to that number two seed in the NFC. All of it happening on the leg of Greg Joseph, the right leg of Greg Joseph, 61-yard mm-hmm. field goal as time expires. Just can't say enough about his comeback and, and how he's looked this year. Um, and, and you got to feel good for that guy. Yeah, it was very funny. He didn't want to be carried off. You know what I mean? And, like, you think that's, like, the moment for the kicker. I guess he's he's had it before. You know, he's been there, done that. But um, uh, I just thought it was very funny what the other players said about him. Like, Justin Jefferson in passing was just like, yeah, great game. We got the dub. I, I set a record. Also, Greg Joseph set a record. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it's just very funny that he just, yeah, nonchalantly, like a lot of really crazy things happen and you guys want another, you know, um, one score game. Hawkinson, like the Hawkinson thing continues to be the funniest thing in the world. Like, hey, I don't know why. I, I mean, I understand that Detroit didn't want to pay him, but it's very funny that Detroit just tempted fate and traded this really good player to the uh, to the Vikings within the division. Um, you know, he... Uh, you forget like how weird it, I think he played the first eight games with Detroit and mm-hmm. um, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm kind of getting to know guys. You know what I mean? And he's like, dude, Joseph, cool guy. <laughs> like, that's, that's right. Like you weren't in the training camp with him. Like he is functionally just an unknown person. It's not like TJ Hawkinson has like much to do with the special teams. I don't think, but yeah, he's like, dude, he's just like a cool guy. Great teammate. You know, I kind of like hanging out with him. <laughs> I was like, you know, and I think luckily other players are kind of putting this in perspective. Like Brian O'Neill was saying, it's insane for a guy, you know, you talk, go back to the Washington game, uh, Hawkins was first one that he was that ready to go. He was saying he's run routes that he hasn't run in practice. Um, I think, and this is not to take away from Rager. I think he has his own situation, but like Rager is still, and we saw it in the, in the Colts game, having some issues because he wasn't in the training camp and there's just some of it's reading mm-hmm. defense. Some of it's just, you know, kind of, um, tendencies like like cousin has or, or other players on the offense, and the fact that Hawkinson has just like picked this up, the leverages and these kind of complex plays from a McVay offense, right? Um, we shouldn't forget like this is so important. Given I don't know what the fix is for W, you know, the receiver too. Like you can go in the draft because of the cost and, and because naturally teams would do that. You could bank on Thielen that like his knee's been messed up and maybe he's still fine, but he's wrong side of thirty. I mean, like at some point he's gonna slow down and kind of enter a different role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people were talking about Osborne and I was like, I really like KJ Osborne. I think he is someone who sacrifices for the team steps up in clutch situations. He also just doesn't need the ball to make a play. Like he, you can go to him on third down randomly in the third quarter, he'll catch mm-hmm. the ball. Um, but I don't think he's the receiver too. Like in some ways, Hawkinson's probably that guy until someone else like beats him out for it. And so um, it's just, it's just such a massive development. I think we shouldn't take away from the fact that he's like, he's kind of shaking hands with the guys. It's, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah, only yeah. been here for a little bit. So there was, you know, there was that funny moment and uh, um, yeah. And then, you know, we should also probably talk about the defensive side, like the fact that Peterson comes up with a big interception and he said, there's a lot of weird stuff. I like, I'm gonna have to unpack some of this stuff, but Patrick Peterson claims he's become kind of clairvoyant this year. And Harrison Smith has like, has like, has um, uh, justified that or whatever. So like when Asamoa, who's really stepping up this speedy linebacker uh, comes up with a big play, their celebration, which you saw on TV, which was kind of botched was actually supposed to be the um, world cup um, penalty kick one. Mm -hmm. And Peterson, like Peterson noticed that Daniel Jones kept going to his side 
And I guess he told Harrison Smith, I'm going to get one here soon, picks it off. And then was like, yeah, I just want to do the celebration. And I was like, what a funny year that like this 30 something, you know, 32 or whatever, Peterson, who's been doubted, says he's, mm-hmm. he's been kind of building momentum since the Cardinals game when he got to go play against his old team or whatever. He goes, I'm going to like giant mode or something like that. And like, he's kind of riding on vengeance or whatever, and also maybe sees the future. Um, and, uh, and, and that like his motivation to pick him off was in addition to obviously a momentum changing play and, and just the importance of, of interceptions within a football game. He was like, I want to do this celebration that I set up. So th- this team, like the more you kind of learn about them and stuff, you're like, they're so ridiculous. We saw them go 500 for two years in a row. They like, there was a pretty good case that you should have just cleared the books and like, gotten rid of some mm-hmm. of these older players and yet they the veteran leadership I think has mattered and then like again I, I guess I am going to look into whether Patrick Peterson can help other guys out with stocks or something so um it's just a it's such a goofy ridiculous team and and like maybe fitting that Greg Joseph suddenly got good here late in the season fitting that Hawkinson who wasn't with the team is making clutch plays and fitting that Patrick Peterson after 32 years of life realizes he can see into the future just to close the loop on, on Patrick Peterson real quick. You're right. Like that dude was doubted. Mm-hmm. I doubted him. I think I said on this podcast, like early on, like the Vikings secondary needs help. And I was correct. It still does. It does uh, but yeah. I said, Patrick Peterson is, is by no means a number one cornerback anymore. That dude is over the hill. And I could not have been more wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Like th- he has his limitations. Isaiah Hodges got into him a couple of times today mm-hmm. and, and he's not, the lockdown corner that he once was in his, in the peak of his prime, but that dude has extended his career. Uh, I think maybe two, three, four years with the way he's played this year, because he's going to get another contract this year. He bet on himself. Um, he's, he's been really, really good this year. And he's also just shown his leadership qualities and how important mm-hmm. that can be. And that's going to keep him around the league for a long time. Um, our producer Spencer is alerting me that I called the entire defense old. Um, and I, I, t- I objectively I'm right. Like yes, they are yes. old. Um, but Patrick Peterson is, is playing very, very well right now out of his mind. Um, and, and maybe it's cause he can see in the future. Maybe it's because he sees his future could have been out of the league here if he didn't step up this year. Um, uh, but he's, he's a guy who's, who's almost become a microcosm of, of the defense as a whole of the team as a whole is like, no one really believe the Vikings were making the right decision this year by running it back with basically the same team that's gone 500 two years in a row. Yeah. Um, and now here they are 12 and three um, kind of a vice grip on the number two seed in, in the NFC. Um, and, and with an outside, you know, outside chance of, of making a run here. So I, I don't know. I, I, I got to credit Patrick Peterson. He's proved me wrong. He's proved a lot of people wrong um, as the Vikings of a whole have. Yeah, no, and I think the leadership stuff does matter. He's very kind of measured and what he, mm-hmm. it's very funny that he's actually very measured and kind of comes off. I think he has two young daughters. He comes off a little like a dad, basically. For and sure. yet, like, is yelling at Cliff Kingsbury going after her, you know, Kyler <laughs> yeah. Murray, and now just like has an axe to grind with freaking Daniel Jones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's just uh but yeah, there's something about his personality. There is um, you know, whenever this season ends, we'll we'll talk about like kind of what the foundation they've laid. I mean, it's going to be really interesting that like teams that this is universal across sports for obvious reasons, like teams that just keep winning by one score tend to have some relapse at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, But this team like experienced a huge relapse in the first 
quarter, first half against Indianapolis. Like I was convinced that was actually the narrative of that game of like, here's regression happening all at once. And then mm-hmm. they just like dug themselves out of a hole and they're like, we're fine. And, and, um, and you know, the other thing is like, again, there's like a hundred things that like would matter except that like a hundred other unique things happen. But talk about the bounce back game. Like Hawkinson talked about this. He's like, yeah, people were, you know, this is the, they all kind of blame the media, but like people were concerned about like this bounce back game after this uh, dramatic win, given that the Dallas game came after the Buffalo one. I think there's a few obvious differences. First, you mentioned it, the Buffalo game, when we get away from it, like the Buffalo game was way better than the Colts. The the Colts was Mm -hmm. the Vikings beat the Vikings. And then the Vikings just, got out of the hole they you know the, yes. the the buffalo one is buffalo probably beat the vikings and then they fumbled in their end zone somehow and then like a hundred other weird things happened and the vikings won you know and like that that was just it was a better game overall better game win for the vikings better team right you know you're talking mm-hmm. about the colts and the giants versus the bills and the cowboys um and uh and having said that this felt like a normal weird vikings game and like the Colts game was a weird, weird Vikings game. <laughs> so yeah. so um, there's something about maybe I actually think you needed a game like this, not to, obviously the win, right? But like you needed a game like this before you go into Green Bay because I know we probably don't want to preview the whole Green Bay game here, but like the Packers actually I think are going to be all right. Again, I know we've said this on the show, but like I think if you change the defensive coordinator, yes. Rodgers has the you know he he's kind of humming with these these two young receivers and. Um, that like that game looked really different at the beginning of the year. Yep. Looked like a nothing burger kind of, I mean, it's always gonna matter because it's Lambo or whatever, but like and the Packers, but looked kind of like as meaningless as a Packers game in Lambo could be at one point. And now looks like these are two teams setting a tone. And I just I think it's still important for the Vikings to to think about the foundation they're laying because that actually will be Patrick Peterson's legacy and Eric Kendrick's legacy and Harrison Smith and even Kirk Cousins at some point. Um, and I think there's still kind of the, as much as I'm not trying to be negative after win here, like there is still, if, if, if the Packers beat you and especially beat you in a humiliating way out Lambo, and then God knows what's going to happen in a Bears game um, and you lose in a playoff game, that is a very different foundation from, set the tone against the Packers mm-hmm. while the Packers look like they're kind of on the rise to the extent you can, given their season circumstances, um, you know, taking care of business in Chicago and winning in a first round. Like those are two very different trajectories. And again, because the, the Vikings are like a plane that like gets where it needs to go, but you're like, yeah, you're violating every rule about how like an airplane operates. Like you're just too close to buildings, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever, you know, like you're supposed to be up, like, you know, whatever. And like, you know, the, the FAA or whatever keeps calling, you'd be like, ascend, ascend. And they're like, no, no, we're fine, dude. We're saving gas or whatever. I don't know how, how that works. But, but yeah, it's just like this, the team just keeps skimming right past the, the building. Like, yeah, it could be like airplane, the movie where everyone's sweating and there's no wheels on the plane when they land or whatever. Or they could just like graciously, you know, fly an MSP and everyone walks out and you're like, oh, home. we just buzz the IDS tower or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what a metaphor by Tom. Yeah, Tom Tom needs to get out of US Bank Stadium and, and go eat some Christmas food because that metaphor <laughs> went off the freaking rails in a hurry. Um when we come back, you know, we, we're gonna we're not gonna preview too much of the Green Bay game. I do want to say real quick, like 
Green Bay has an outside chance of like the playoffs still if they win tonight. So like if you win next week, you can effectively end Green Bay's season yeah. too, which I yeah. think the Vikings would take a lot of pride in. We'll probably get more into that when in the preview episode because we'll know what what happened with Green Bay over the weekend. We haven't talked enough about Justin Jefferson, I don't think. So when we come back, uh, we're going to kind of break that down. Then we're going to let Tom get out of U.S. Bank Stadium, um, eat, yeah. eat and, and, and go enjoy some, some, some time with the holidays so he doesn't have to just spend the entire Christmas Eve time in, in U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, yeah. More when we come back on Inside Purple and Gold.